0: Good afternoon and welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. We bring you a podcast every week, sometimes a bunch, sometimes just one. This week we're lucky enough to start off with uh, Coach Brett Beard, who is on the viewer's left. Welcome, sir. Thanks for joining us. Guys, appreciate you having me on. Oh, yes, sir. Thanks for being here. And on the viewer's right, Mr. William Weathers. Y'all probably know him, our sports editor from doing our previous football shows. Hello, sir. Hi. And,
1: oh, come on. <laughs> I <laughs> so, will say he's one of the best yes. that I've ever worked with. He's, he's really good.
0: Well, thank you for that. And please feel free to say thank you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> thank you. I'll <laughs> take care of him. look at my check later on. <laughs> <laughs> so, appreciate you joining us this morning. A lot of stuff going on around there. We're going to talk about some of the things that happened and then some of the things that you're hoping will happen coming yep. forward. Uh, will, why don't you you know bring us up to speed on... Coach's resume, wins, losses, and, and what's going on as he's coming in here into Denham Springs High School.
2: Yeah, Coach Beard uh just completed his fifth season at Live Oak and, and um you know, I think one of his his biggest missions were were to make them relevant and, and you know, trying to get them on the on the map in five A and I don't think there's any doubt that when you look at his, his total you know body of work, he he did that uh with thirty one wins, you know, five straight playoff appearances. And I think obviously the highlight would, would be going to state quarterfinals and and you know with a fluky halfback pass he could have been in semifinals that year, um, and concluded this season at the uh, five and six loss at to, to Zachary, and um, on November twenty second uh, made a uh, decision you know with he, he and his family uh, to become the new football coach at uh, Denham Springs. So,
0: let's pause for a second. Go back to to what he said. You know, talking about making Live Oak relevant. You know, when you came in, talk about your mindset when you first came into that coaching job.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, kind of going through, I guess, some different things. You know, when I left Woodlawn, uh, yeah, I had created, a, uh, I guess, a culture there. The, the kids were all in. They loved me. I loved them. Uh, so when I hit them with I was leaving, I'll never forget, they weren't caught off guard. But when I told them I was going to Live Oak, it really it really caught them off guard because you know, Live Oak wasn't, uh, I guess, looked at as one of your top tier 5A programs, if not even a good program at the time. So they always assumed that I would leave for, I guess, a, a bigger job, one of those top tier ones. Uh, I've never shied away from a challenge, uh, which, you know, coming to Baton Rouge and getting at Woodlawn was a challenge in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you uh, the first thing I did when I Googled Woodlawn was, uh, or the first thing that popped up was the fight they had at 7-on-7 and some things that... That, that weren't great, um, they hadn't been real successful, but I wanted to get into Baton Rouge so badly that I that I wanted every opportunity to take a program uh, like that, and and see if I could build it, and, I, and that was really about a five-year plan, and I only ended up being two, because, uh, you know, this Live Oak job called, I've always been in love with the Watson community, I've always been in love with that area, um, always been intrigued by the Live Oak gig, because it hasn't been successful, and uh, and I've always wondered why, and you know, they built a new school, built a new facilities, and uh, the opportunity arose, and, uh, you know, it wasn't an easy decision to leave Woodlawn to go to Live Oak, but, uh, you know, it was accepting the challenge that I I was excited about, you know, nobody really had had a ton of success there, and I wanted to be that guy, and, you know, my dad always taught me whatever I touch, make sure it's left better than it was than the way I found it, and, uh, you know, I fell in love with Watson, fell in love with Live Oak, and, yeah, you know we had a great 5 years there and um y- you know i guess i guess going back to the question um which was uh
0: well what what was your mindset when you took when you first took that job and you were coming in i mean it sounds like you know you, you kind of fell in love with the community but when you're coming to be the football coach you know yeah. what what was it that you wanted to accomplish
1: yeah i just wanted to do what other people couldn't do uh you know i, I like that challenge right Uh, nobody had ever really been successful there. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go see if I can be the first guy to do it. Let me go if I I can put together a staff and a a program that can do it. I mean, you got facilities, you got kids there that I'd coached coached against in in scrimmages at Woodlawn, and I'd seen they had some pretty kids, some big kids, and I always felt like, once again, there was just something missing, and I I wanted to be the guy to see if I could solve that puzzle.
0: Well, and, you know, very close to solving a lot of the pieces of the puzzle, as you mentioned, a, a fluky quarterfinal play talk talk to us a little bit about that play will i mean as you understand it
2: well it, it preceded not my my, my my parents here at the livingston but what uh, i recall i mean they they've got you know state power katiana dead to rights you know they were up in that game they controlled the clock all the things that coach beard has has implemented in, you know great defense uh, big plays and akadiana who's straight ahead veer goes into the bag of tricks which Tells me as a sign of desperation, they're going to t- continue the season, and they did it, and they successfully completed a halfback pass, and they won the game seventeen fourteen, and you know brought together, they you know, brought in end a dream season, which was the greatest season in Live Oak history. So
0: interesting reaction as we're talking about that. Uh, kind of a grin of recognition, a, a heavy sigh. Talk to us about your feelings as that's transpiring, and then the feelings you know talking to your team after that.
1: Occasion. Well, let me go with uh let me go with this. That team was. Uh, Two and
0: five.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, let that sink in for a second. That team was two and five. You got a stretch of Bel Air, Walker, Holy Cross. Uh, you know, we're playing for our chance to even get into the playoffs. Had an idea that two out of the three were going to get us in, but we weren't going to settle for that. So here came the idea of the, uh, you know, the white helmets at Live Oak. This is where all this came from. We're two and five. I'm looking for any and everything I can to get these kids jacked up. Right. I talked to Ms. Jones because it's, it's not a small bill by any means, but we've done well. We've raised money, made money. We're, we're doing fine in the football program. And I asked her, I'm like, would you be okay if I bribe these kids with a white helmet? I mean, <laughs> give them something to play for. So, uh, you know, I kind of introduced it to them in the team meeting that, um, that Monday morning before we played Bel Air. I said, here's the deal. If you can go 3-0... and we're going on the road no matter what happens. If you can go three and I'll, I'll white you out the first round of the playoffs. And they kind of look at me and I said, I will white you out. You want that white helmet? Here's your chance to get it. So that was the challenge, two and five. Uh, So handle Bel Air, handle Walker, and really arguably uh, one of the probably best wins could be the, one of the, the top win in live Oak histories. I mean, you go down and you beat one of the, Catholic schools out of, out of uh, New Orleans, yeah. you've done uh-huh. something. Sure. I mean, Holy Cross, historically and traditionally, is an elite program. Yeah. Here we are, we beat them. So here comes the white helmets, you know, and, you know, we joked about them having like a little bit of a magic pixie dust on them or something, but really what it was is, man, these, these kids earned them. So it meant something to them to put this white helmet on, and right. we just, our play completely elevated the The first half of the Sulphur game that year is probably the best half of football Live Oak has probably ever seen. Right. I mean, just everything was clicking. Everything was executed. The way we we're playing, the, everything we've taught these kids to play, they went in and played, and it was done in a hostile environment, a you know, beautiful $10 million facility that you walk out in. Most people might be scared of it or intimidated by it. Our kids accepted the challenge. Went over there and handled business. Went over handle business. You come back and you play EA. They were we were the twenty-two. They were the eleven. So then you got the six seed EA. We spot them fourteen, and then we decided to play and crank it up. Uh, an amazing night that night, and then comes the And uh, one thing that really meant a lot to me there is when I, the when I first got on campus and kind of talked in front of a big crowd. I, you know, I talk about state championships. I talk about wanting to be one of those elite powers. I said, you know. It's bigger than just Livingston Parish. We can't settle for Livingston Parish championship t-shirts anymore. Like, you want to talk to me? Talk to me about Destrahan, West Monroe, Acadiana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, now here we are toe-to-toe, one of the big boys in the final eight. And, uh, you know, have them on the ropes, 14-10. you know, eight minutes to go, third and 25. Third and 25. And Yeah. <laughs> A little halfback pass. Yeah. We bite up on it, you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, and the thing is, is all right now. So they score, seventeen fourteen. They kick off to us. We fumble the kickoff back to them. Seventeen fourteen. We've we fumbled it back to them right there on their in their side. Right. Have a couple of plays for loss. Uh, they have a couple of penalties. Back them up just on the edge or right outside a field goal range where they missed the field goal. Get the ball back with like three minutes. Still seventeen fourteen. Have every opportunity. Just couldn't. We just couldn't. Uh, couldn't make anything happen right there. Right.
0: So, let's back up even further. I mean, let's talk about you know one of the interesting things that I always thought uh, when you came in and I, I first heard about this is y'all y'all have a, a retreat as a team. So you're when you're talking about building a program, I mean you're 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 building kids. So talk talk to us a little bit about
1: your process. Well, you and you know, hear that word a lot. Yeah, you know I talk to people all the time. Um... I don't really care what kind of football player you are. Football players don't win games. Men win games. I mean, let's let's be honest. Men can handle, and I say men, you know, if if, if women did it, it could be women too. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be that guy. No, I understand. But, uh, you know, football players don't win football games. You, you know, men do. Like men, you know, face adversity and handle adversity. They get knocked down, they get up. They get hit in the mouth, they hit back. Um, weather the storm, you know, ride the highs. I mean, uh, you ask a team to, to put in which football's a different breed of animal because you ask you ask, you're asking kids to put in three hundred and fifty-five days a year for ten dates, ten mm-hmm. playing dates. Everything else has to be earned after that. You know, so you're a different breed of animal already. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of times if you can make it through that process, mm-hmm. you're gonna be ready on a Friday night. Uh so you know, you go back to your building of men. Well, you know, you, we have goals, you know, graduate our players, you know, you know give back to our school and community. Um, you know, win 5A playoff games, win the district, win state championships, and, and those are real and, and they look good, but then a lot of people, if you really think about it, you know, well, well coach, how are you gonna do that? Well, I'm gonna build men, so we got core values in our program, you know, character, work ethic, uh, the willingness to want to compete in anything we do, and then contributing to the bond of brotherly love. Uh, if we can build a guy that can do all that and buy into all that, there's a good chance we're going to have a young man that's willing to give us everything and lay it out on the line for for Live Oak and our Watson community week in and week out, and that's going to give us a chance to build a, a program that, you know, you're not selling a ton of success because it's never had success. Mm-hmm. You're selling the opportunity. You know, right. you're selling the pride of a, a community and a school that ultimately now is riding on you and what's on your chest, and it's got to mean something. So, let's take that process and pull it forward. Mm-hmm. the opportunity,
0: as you said, the willing to com- the willingness to compete for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. It has presented itself as a new opportunity in Denham Springs High School. So let's take that original question of your mindset going into Live Oak, pull it forward, your mindset going into Denham Springs High.
1: Well, I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be much different because now you look at the history of, uh, of Denham Springs, you know, I've always been intrigued by that job. I've always had great, um, you know, battles with them, great games with them. I've always had the utmost respect for, you know, for that community and for that school. And um, I don't wanna ever discredit the job anybody else has done by any means. Uh, And I'm not going to, because I think the guys before me did a phenomenal job. I just think there's something missing there. Mm -hmm. And I, just like I did at Live Oak, just like I did at Woodlawn, I wanna be the guy to, I guess, crack that code or figure out that puzzle. Sure. And, uh, you, you know, I'm, I guess you could say I'm wired a little bit different, you, you know, because I could probably sit in Watson and be comfortable and be happy, and I would have zero issues with that. But realistically, like, that's not how I am. I mean, I want the pressure. I want the, uh, you know, I want the challenge. I like the challenge. I, You know, it, it's just... Now I get to do it at denim and people take this so oh, the wrong way. Like, you know, how how could you leave? Live oak is better. Oh it's not a it's bigger. Denim is bigger. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger scale. So I've done it on the, the the scale of a smaller 5A with Live Oak. You know, you got one middle school, you got uh, an amazing community, we got everything you I got it had everything I ever wanted. There's just something inside my wiring that there's something missing, that I'm going after something bigger. It had nothing to do with, uh, I mean, I love Miss Jones and our admin. I, I love the teachers at Live Oak. I love the kids at Live Oak. I love the facilities at Live Oak. Um, I love Watson. Uh, just My wiring just, right. you know, I, I guess I just use the term bigger. Yeah. You know, bigger scale. You know what? You know what? In the uh, in the growth of this of this profession that we choose, I mean, if you really looked at it, it, you know what? It might not be a better job to some people, but it is a bigger job. And you know how you look at that right. could mean it could mean it's better, right? You know, depending on how you look at it. But here I am. I, I've been at a smaller five A. Survived, built a, a, I think a very respectable program, and uh, well, now you you look at a bigger school that you know thousand more kids. You got three middle schools. Let me see if I can do it on this magnitude. Right. And, uh, you know, all it is, is a challenge. Yeah. You know, people can throw out all the rumors of, of want or money and all that. You know, I feed off of pressure and challenges. Sure. I've always had a little, there's always been a little something about this denim job going back to Woodlawn when they beat me in the playoffs. Yeah. You you know, there's just always been something that's intrigued me. and, And I, you can't say flash because denim's never been real flashy, but it, the size, I, I think there's something there. Mm-hmm. And much like I've done before, I just want to, I want the challenge of figuring out this puzzle. It, you know what? And I've gotten to come, become really close to Coach Wax and, you know, a lot of this has to do too with him. Like, I want to be able to give him something, give something back to him too, like a football program he could be proud of and something new and, um... I love Watson. I love Live Oak. I love Miss Jones. I love every kid I coached there. I love every coach I had there. Uh, you know, it wasn't an easy decision. It's not. It's not easy to talk about because you know, and you know, it does. It does hurt me that I hurt people. It does bother me that I hurt people that were really good to me and I, and I love them dearly and I appreciate them dearly for the opportunity. Uh, Miss McCrae who since moved to the school board. All these people that went out on the on the edge, you know the ledge for me to to do what I think I've done and built a respectable program. Uh, it's just a it, I felt like I brought Live Oak as far as I could bring it, mm-hmm. and it was time for a change there to get them over that hump, and it was time for a change personally. And I, one little thing I like to say, and I like to use this. I mean, if you ever knew me, you know when I first got to Live Oak, I used the eagle as a logo. Mm -hmm. And I use the Eagle as a logo because nobody really knew much about Live Oak. And I didn't have to explain a whole lot except there's an Eagle head. Right. Well, year three, we started transitioning into the LO because Mm -hmm. everybody in the state knows what Live Oak is now and who Live Oak is. And uh, I I love and appreciate everything that went into that from every person, from every angle, from every aspect. Uh, I couldn't have done it you know, by myself, by any means, nor will I ever take credit as, as one person. I mean, we had some great people go in there probably at the right time with the right mix and just gave everything. Like, you know, poured my heart and soul, along with others, into Live Oak Football. And I think we created a, a very great program and a very respectable program. And I'm not leaving there with any ill feelings. I love it. We'll forever love it and we'll forever be linked to it, whether they like it or not. And yeah. uh, now it's just time for a new challenge. So let's talk about that challenge. Uh, <clears throat> will, I'm going to come back over to you. Uh, he will
0: be replacing Mr. Bill Connities. Uh Let's talk a little bit about the uh, quick rise and quick fall. Uh, so we, you know, Coach Conadys came in and uh, had some pretty good years. And then here in year three, correct? Yep. Uh, one and nine. So let uh you know let's talk about some of the things that Bill tried to do, uh, some of the things Bill was not so successful with. Uh, first with those with those records, those
2: overall records. Yeah, the first two years were were, were state playoffs. you know, uh seven and five. Uh, lost the first round to Hornville. Tough, you know, tough first round matchup on the road, and then um, not a great second. You know, second year is kind of evolving where you know you're going to be five and five or, and to their credit. It, caught fire a little bit at the end, One, one, two two games, got, got him in the playoffs, go to Sam Houston and win that game on a, on a field goal, come home, and uh, another kind of part two with, with Acadiana coming to Livingston Parish, and, and the home team's looking pretty good. Uh, I, I, I can recall it just, just, just to show the fall. They're, they're up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and Acadiana's on a third-string quarterback, and you're thinking, like, they're in, pretty, they're in pretty bad shape here. And more of a championship program, that, that third-string quarterback, who's, who's a league in rusher, uh, for this year's just just year's team, led them to three uh, straight scoring drives you go for two points and get it, and 36-35, and, and they were that close to a state quarterfinal berth for the first time in 25 years. And then you so you you know you fast forward, you go from from how close you were to beating Cadiana to one and nine, and it just stylistically, obviously they're, they're, they're a spread and, and 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 throw the ball downfield type team, they were not able to able to establish the running game and it was by committee, you know, had a veteran line come back, coach mentioned the size, they were very, you know, uh, you know good looking kids from, from tackle to tackle, had the experience up front, but uh, you know, experienced guy behind behind center, Luke Lunsford, and it just did not translate. Uh, just year, every, every year is different, and just because you're one point away from Kate I mean, you can't start that way next year, and they didn't have any... You know, they never started the game with a drive of scoring. You know, up seven nothing, just to build something. You know, it was always an a uphill battle every game, every game, and it goes back to the to the game with assumption, thirty to sixteen. Uh, Bills literally about to put the JV team in, and three scoring bombs later, they're losing forty to thirty four, and the season just unraveled. Uh, and I will see a team that had some new faces in it. We're not experiencing any type of success. Any you know, trying to build that confidence as the season goes along, and they got in, You know they were competitive with Zachary, uh, but they they you know, you know they were competitive with Walker. They weren't competitive with Live Oak. Um, so he's you know he's got a first hand account of how the series is going and, and what they would have some big playability uh, defensively, you know, some trouble at times. We're giving up big plays. We really got the the undoing. And the, the the end result is a one in nine season, and, and they were in the market for another coach. Well, and you know,
0: one of the interesting things, uh, a couple of interesting things you brought up. You and I, uh, I, I shot the assumption games. You were covering it. And kind of surprising, you know, they lined up in that heavy and just scored whenever they wanted to. Why didn't you know? We we asked each other why didn't they continue to do that? You know, continue to do what worked. So it, it would. It, rough season. One of the interesting things about the denim district is the size. It sort of matches the size of the job that you're talking about. It's huge. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you're looking forward to coming into this job, especially since there's been a lot of conversation about a very talented group of freshmen.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you look at the young groups, um, you, you know, you, you went back and I've since paid a little more attention to them. Uh, their freshman class has a, the they got a pretty good makeup. You got a quarterback, I think has a chance to be a good player. You got a two or three skilled guys that stood out. You got some guys on the line that for that age are some pretty kids. Um, yeah, I thought they played actually more uh, different than their varsity. I thought they played with a little different emotion and attitude than even their varsity did. Um, you know, JV, same thing, man. They had some cats out there that, you know, kind of caught my eye. Um, you know, when you go back and you look at that, and you know that that's that that is definitely something that uh, that I looked at after I made the decision. It did not weigh in on my decision. Uh, the opportunity for bigger made my decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me let's go back and talk football. Here's why I love high school football, and I, and I want to go on a record to say some of this. I'm a, I'm a spread guy. If you go back and you watch our days at Woodlawn, we had Charles Brooks at quarterback. I mean, special kid at Nichols. I mean, you know, I'd like to sling it, and I like to enjoy it as much as anybody. And the thing, but I'm a defensive minded guy. I'm a defensive. Guy. I'm a three four guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, got one of the best DCs Cs in in the in the country, I think. Uh, you yeah, know, unbelievable man, Brian Smith. Brian Smith, yeah. Um, but let me tell you why I love high school football because defensively you know what how we feel like is our winning formula is we're gonna build you know we give you your quarterback and your running back and then we're gonna build a defense and then offense you go back to getting all the left (laughs) you know because at the end of the day if we're gonna get into shootouts we're not gonna be very successful if we have a chance to stop you and create some turnovers and uh, you play dang good defense well you got a chance to win you know, I've had to learn more about offense the last five years than I did coming into it. Some because I love high school football because the best coaches have to adapt to their personnel. Mm-hmm. And I love that challenge. I mean, if you look at us, we went from zone to triple option back to zoned and tried all the new age RPO stuff. We as coaches and, and, and my staff, I couldn't be more grateful for, they worked their tail off to figure out, I mean, you know, what's going to make us go? And at the end of the day... I like winning. (laughs) We didn't play the most exciting offense at Live Oak by any means. But I tell you what, I do love the opportunity to win and make runs in the playoffs and get in that dance every year. Mm -hmm. And if we play, we went in and oh, we want excitement. Oh, throw the ball. Yeah, Okay, well we're gonna throw the ball and we take a sack. We're gonna throw the ball and we throw a pick. We're gonna throw the ball, we're gonna be behind the chains in a situation where the clock stopped. But it doesn't make sense to me because I like to win. So we're gonna play really good defense. We're gonna put people in, in binds. We're gonna win the clock battle. You know, we're going to try to win and control the, uh, the line of scrimmage. And uh, you know what? We had success doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the most flashy. It wasn't the most exciting. But as coaches, that's our job to figure out. You know, you're, you're going to teach these kids to compete day in and day out. You're going to ask them to, to have character and wear your, your logo with pride and instill something greater than them into your school and in your community. Well, you know what? It's my job to give them an opportunity to have success because that's ultimately why we're working. Mm-hmm. for an opportunity to be successful. So if I just throw them out there, let's run spread because everybody up in Watson wants us to run spread, and we're getting whipped because our defense is always on the field, and we're having to give, we're giving up bigger and, and more plays, we're having less possessions, and we're getting whipped. Well, you know what? I've cheated those kids, which sure. is my job. I mean, my job is to build a program that gives us the best opportunity to represent Watson and Live Oak to win football games. Uh, you know, and I think sometimes that kind of got away from us up there and in our community— I, you know, you, you know, granted, I wanted more, too, mm-hmm. but you know what? I want to win. These kids deserve an opportunity to taste success. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're not ever going to be successful if you don't know what success is. And we walked out of there. I'm walking out of Live Oak with these kids knowing and understanding what it takes to be successful and then what success feels like and and tastes like, and it's going to drive them to be better men, better businessmen, better better husbands, better better fathers down the road, and and I told them when I talked to my kids, I said you don't explain it now, you know, you don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing now. But in five years, when you're an adult, you're gonna call me and you're gonna get it. I said, and that right there, I know, is why I've done the job I'm and th- that I've done and how I do my job, because I love these kids. I love live oak. I love live oak football. I love Watson. I just honestly believe we've brought it as far as we can. But I mean, these kids know what success is now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was what we discussed, that you're building kids, you know, you're building yeah. kids in a men, and that
1: is, that's that's part of your process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting, I'm starting to get a little fired up right yeah. now, but I mean... Careful, we are in a small room. Hey, yeah, man. yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, But man, like, uh, you know, mess. I feel like some things have, uh, I don't want to be, dis- I say be discredited, because, you know, everybody hears a negative. We're all there, you know, in the world we live in, the social media world, you know, not many people, have you ever noticed, like on social media, like the things that get less likes are the good things. Yeah. The things that get all the likes are the negative garbage in people's opinion. You sure. Well, in my opinion is Live Oak football's better than it's ever been. Uh it's more successful than it's ever been. It's experienced highs that nobody thought could ever be done. And let's go even a step farther. When I nobody thought you talk to the people in Denham, I don't think anybody ever thought Live Oak would ever beat Denham. Right
0: it was i i will remember when you first beat
1: them that was a, that was an interesting headline it was a... i think my exact quote and the only reason i know this cuz it was put on a highlight video you know i had no idea what we had done here because when i turned around and everybody on the sidelines and in the stands is crying i remember going the headset going you know to one of these coaches probably pretty colorful like what did we just do here
0: yeah yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, there were there was definitely an attitude shift there. I I will remember uh, coming in after I was still covering Springfield at the time, and I remember coming into the office, and uh, Sam Muffoletto was still writing for us. He covered that game, and I just remember. I mean, he was pacing circles in here, just like he couldn't believe it. It, it just couldn't <laughs> believe it. It was un. It was truly unbelievable, and uh, you know, Mike Doty was still with us. And uh, and and you could tell there was just kind of a glaze over his eyes. I mean, no one ever thought that that was going to happen.
1: And you go back in the history of the year before, they'd gotten beat 64 to 20 or something at Live Oak. And, you know, we turn around and we win 16-14 at denim. Right. I
0: mean, it's – the the only way – I mean, I, I can understand your reaction from, you know, there, there's just not that history there. Because I had a similar reaction. You know, I'm younger. But I mean, those two guys had been right in here for, for double digits. And I mean, it just, the, the concept of Live Oak coming down 16 to Denham Springs High School. And the only reason I can say it with this guy is watching those two talk about it, pace in circles right out here in this big room area. I mean, just talking and talking and talking, just couldn't believe it. And it wasn't that they were for denim or for Live Oak or anything else, it was just the event. The fact that it happened. And I mean, it has happened since. I mean, you've turned that into something, something regular. And I know I've heard people talk about it. Uh, some of the things you've done at the the lower levels, the junior high and stuff has showed those kids like, no, you don't have to be scared of any of these people. You can go out there and beat them.
1: Oh, I mean, you know, sometimes the toughest, thing, toughest things we have to overcome with kids is, uh, you know, it's, it's a, I guess it's a version of fear, but you try to get them to understand like, guys, these are... These are kids just like you. I mean, mom's getting them up in the morning, dad's getting them out of bed in the morning. Um, you know, they're they're putting on the a school uniform just like you are. Like these dudes aren't going into the, they're not in the real world. They're not going into these plants and working and then coming out and playing a little football. I mean, these are kids. Yeah, they're eating cinnamon toast crunch and Lucky Charms and, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're eating their little school lunches. I mean, they're doing the same things you are. They're they're putting on just a different color helmet and a different color jersey and you know so you know so they may come from somewhere a little different I mean they're kids and what I try to tell our kids is you know you've outworked them just go let it play just go play the game go do what you're taught to do go go be you and just go be the best you right everything else takes care of itself I mean it, yeah, it's easy to say when uh, when I know how these kids have worked and trained and I know the commitment they've made is, you know, a lot of times on Friday night is, hey, man, this is your night. This is for you. Right. Go be you. It's, it's still difficult to say to a kid. Some kids don't grasp that. No, no, and they absolutely don't because in year five, those are still some of the biggest question marks that I have, um, you know, it's trying to get them to understand, like, all right, I'm getting, I'm putting you in a fight. I'm gonna put you in a fight on Friday night. Um, You know, I'm gonna put you in this ring. Um, There's gonna be all kinds of people out there. There's gonna be officials. There's gonna be everything. Everything's bigger than it's ever been. But I'm putting you in a fight. You're gonna get hit. What's your response gonna be? Right. You're trained. You're physically. You're ready. Mentally, you're ready. But are you ready? I guess you know to some of them. You can ask that, but but realistically, dude, I'm putting you in a fight Friday night. I mean, you're gonna get hit. How are you gonna respond? You know, and sometimes I guess it is harder for them to grasp, and maybe even I know at times. I'm just sitting there going, I try telling y'all, we can put you in a fight. I mean, they're gonna hit you. Are you gonna hit back. I mean. <laughs> This is an easy
0: question, but it has a complicated answer. You
1: know, I don't want to set you up for failure, baby. I mean, give me a chance. I want to set you up for success. Now, success, too, is not always measured by that little number at the end of the night on the scoreboard. And I had to get them to understand that. Like, I'm not into moral victories by any means, and I don't take moral victories. But I tell you what, if you've just absolutely given everything you can for me, our program, and that man next to you, and we just ran into a buzzsaw that's better, but you have given everything as a whole, and you've done everything, little job we've asked you to do, and you've done it. That's success. right? That's real. Like, we've trained you to do a job, and you've done it. And you've done it at a high level. They were just a, they were a better team than you that night. You know, that is success. right? You hate that it's not on the scoreboard. But guys, you gotta figure out how to be successful. And you got to take your lumps with success, just like you take your highs with success. I mean, success isn't easy, and it's not going to always be pretty. Right. And when you're learning to be successful, some successes don't really amount to wins. But understand what you've put yourself in position to do and, what, and understand what you've accomplished.
0: Well, in order to taste success, too, you have to have tasted failure. You know, absolutely they, they go together but failure in itself can be a lesson and that's a good lesson to teach on a night
1: where sometimes you know there is always a bigger fish absolutely and, and you know what failing is really failing if you don't learn from it if you're okay with it you fail right you're a failure you know winning is a choice but so is losing it is it is you know and that's the that's the second half that i never really got to at lava because i've always been you know winning is a choice man you choose everything you do you choose and we always talked about winning, but on the flip side, you know what? If you're not choosing winning, I mean, you're choosing losing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, then you ask a kid, are you a loser? Well, you know, you put the ball on their court. Right. I mean, then why are you doing this? It,
0: uh, and then yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it, it's a question. You know, it is. You know, it's winning a good, is a choice, but it, so is losing. It is. Absolutely. It is. I mean, you know, uh, and for some people, you know, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the stakes are you get up and you put your pants on every day but it's true i mean there are plenty of people out there in fact one could argue many people most people who take that loss and roll with it they yeah. don't grow from it they don't learn from it yeah they they don't treat the situation any differently the next time
1: you know realistically if you get up every day with an opportunity to grow and you want growth and you want to get up out of that bed and you want to make your day and then you want to lay in that same bed at night you know have you have you gotten better or have you gotten worse? I don't believe in staying the same. You know, so whatever you experience, highs and lows, you know. however you handle those experiences, whatever, you, however you choose to handle those experiences is gonna make you, you. Good or bad, what you take from it, what you take out of it, is gonna determine whether or not your day was successful at the end. It's true, and if you're not learning every day, you know,
0: you're falling behind, because there are plenty of people who are, and they're working. No doubt. So let's talk about that work. There is uh, a current movement, and, you know, the principal, I've spoken to Principal Wes Howard at Denham, you know, and he said uh, the the work will come (laughs) with success. And right now uh, the soccer coach, Coach Thorne, and the track and cross-country coach, Coach Annie McLean, they're looking for new facilities. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that because you'll be coming in as the athletic director, And we have just spent the past about 10 minutes talking about success and and, and failure and and moving forward with that. Right now, you've got some real pretty facilities at Walker and Live Oak. So tell us a little bit about what you know about this situation and what you're hoping to accomplish.
1: Well, you know, I know a lot about it because I sat in an informational meeting last night that kind of discussed, uh, you know, kind of how this came about, why it came about. Very informative. Um you know, very educational. Like I was actually blown away by the presentation. Uh, I'm blown away by these two guys. Like, uh, they're just, you can tell they love denim. And I'll go ahead and start by saying this. When, you know, we're talking track and soccer and band, a facility for that. You know, realistically, that's a testament to these coaches and these kids as of probably the last decade because these things have grown to be so much bigger than what they ever were, and probably the first time we built a football stadium at, at Denham, I don't know, you know, how relevant the soccer program was. I, I, track, you look at our track program; it's amazing that we don't have a track. I guess you would say with all the success we've had there. But you know, soccer is one of those sports that have really is really blown up. You know, granted, you know, it's huge all over the world. But I mean, I, you know, and and I guess the United States. It, it's it's coming now. It's finally starting to blow up. and mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's a testament to these people that love the game, that give back to these kids, that work with these kids, that coach these kids, and these kids that love soccer. It's a testament to these dudes for what they've done, that it's gotten to the point now that we're looking at options to build a facility for all of our sports, which is what we want. Right. You know, if you're going to be successful, it's not going to happen overnight, and it's not going to just happen on, well, This is how we've always done it. This is what we've always had. It doesn't work like that. Like worst words ever. Yeah, that's how we've always done it. Yeah, that's the words of uh, that's that's. I don't want to say the words of a loser by any means, got it. But that's that's old. That 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 doesn't work. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, you know we have an opportunity to um, to give back to. And and I told him last night to you know people of the past, kids of the present, and then kids of the future. Uh, you know, we don't really know, and, and I told this, I, I spoke at the uh, Little League football banquet in Livingston the other night at, uh, at Doyle. Well, let's take this a step farther. Look at what's raising our kids these days. You know, look at the social media, look at the stuff, the, the stuff they listen to, look at the stuff on TV. I'm not taking it away from it. I, I read it and look at it too, but I'm not a 14, 15, 16-year-old mind that could easily be shaped. Well, look what's raising our kids. So now if we build a facility that matches, um, you, you know, what it is we want, we want to be the best. We want to sell the Denim Springs brand. We want to sell, uh, you know, champions uh, deserve a home. But you, you know what? That That's a lot easier to sell. And when you have a program like that that your parents are proud of, it's that, easy for them to put their kids in a program where you're going to know where they're at two or three, four hours out of the day. And you're going to know the people that's around them that's now helping raise them. You know, so I mean, I... You know, you talk about something like facilities when, well, you know, people are like, oh, why'd you leave Live Oak? And they had such great facilities. We have beautiful facilities up there. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to contradict the argument of wanting facilities because I do believe it is a need. Uh, not only just keeping up with the Joneses, but I mean, it, you know, it's it's something that you put and pour your heart and your soul into something. You want to see something come about it. You want to make something so proud for these kids to be a part of, to play in and to play on, that... You know, it, it's just a testament to what they're doing and the commitment we're asking them to make. But realistically, what's in these buildings and stuff doesn't make the program. It's the kids, it's the coaches, it's the people that make the program. So if they're deserving of an opportunity to look at different options for this beautiful track and uh, softball or a uh, band and um, soccer facility, I'm all for it. I want what's best for our kids. Now, I think I blew their mind a little bit. I said, well, hold up now. Like, what if we what if we put it in this what if we make a state of the art we we have this land right here now with a stadium on it you know we move some things around we we tear some things down we build some new things what if we made a state of the art football track you know cross country or uh, soccer any, any type of facility right there for our kids what if we look at that option and I think they were kind of caught off guard by that I'd be in, intrigued by that because that's what the argument you know we do this I mean everybody's going to be happy that we have a Band track and soccer complex, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, you're going to have that group too that goes, oh well, here, here's the football. Con- All they have is football in here. Look how big and nice this place is. Oh, it's just football. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want it to be just football. I mean, we're in this thing together. Like, you know, I want to work with everybody to be the best. I want to. I want to sell and, and create a brand that Denham Springs hasn't had here in thirty, forty years. I, I want to be. I want to be bigger. I want more. I want the best. I want to be the best. And that all goes in line with each other. Right. Um, I love what they're doing. I love their excitement. I love their energy. The only problem is that excitement and energy is not cutting the check. Yeah. <laughs> in the you end know, of the day, it's got to be paid you know, for. It, that, that's the thing. <laughs> you, you know, and that's, the, that's the, trick, the, the, the trick here. You know, and, and the other thing you got to look at, and you got to look at all options. I would love just to say, man, here's your money. Go build it. But realistically, too, you know, we have to do some studies and really look at this. Is that the best place for it? Right. You know, what happens in Denham Springs blows up even more. And now we've taken all that land right there that could have possibly been or a a need of another educational building or something. You know, I don't know what can happen. I mean, there's so many things that can happen. But, uh, you know, we have to make sure on our end that we look at every channel and make sure that all our questions are answered before we decide to take all of this property and turn it into this, or do we take this property that's there and turn it into something bigger and better? And we as adults have to work with each other and schedule it out and do things the right way for each program to to flourish and to be able to have these these uh, facilities. I love the energy. I, I, I tell you, I mean, I, the dental Springs soccer program's legit. I mean, uh, our track program's legit. I mean, I, we've produced some studs. I mean, I found all that out last night, more so than ever. Uh, even though I've always known they were really good because they're in the parish with us, but uh, you know, I love, I love the thought process of of, of bigger and and better and, and and flashy. I do love that. that you know, we're not stagnant. Mm-hmm. You know, Denham Springs is not stagnant. Uh, the resilience of Denham Springs that you saw coming through a flood, you know, we we stood back up on our feet. We have faced that, and now we're getting to the point now to. to to finish correcting what's left on that end, mm-hmm. and the resilience of these people to still now, let's go to the next step. Let's want we want more. We want bigger. You know what do we have to do? I just need patience because it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. There are a lot of questions to still be answered, but I'm beginning to think we're starting to have all the right people in place to to make uh, Denham Springs. I think when you know what people deserve, it's a good way to put it. So you're talking about people in
0: place and opportunities. You know, what's your, your first steps as AD as you're coming in? You know, are you are going to
1: be looking for a coaching staff? Are you going to be bringing coaches? Anything you can talk about at this point? Well, I mean, you know, the thing with uh, with high school, you know, it is tricky because you don't get to go in, in like a college setting and wipe everybody out. Um, you know, I'm going to inherit guys that I honestly, that I, I'm going to sit here and say that I really like already. Uh, but the same way was at Live Man, I inherited some guys up there that I just fell in love with and love more today than I ever have but that have uh, you know, gotten better uh, as coaches and teachers and everything we, we ask of them. The same thing we're going to ask at Denham. Um, are there changes to be made? Absolutely. And change is good. Yeah, you know, there, there's some things that we've got to figure out around there. There's some people that we've got to get in place there that's only going to make everybody better. Which is the AD is my job, right? Uh, you know, I'm uh, you know my job is to make sure all our head coaches are staffed with the right guys that they see are the right fit for their programs, that are the right fit for our kids, um, hold them accountable, and uh, give all our guys the opportunity and all our all our all our, uh, all our coaches the opportunity to to grow their program to be successful. You know, we've got to equip them with what they need. Um, and sometimes, you know, as the AD, that's just a line of uh, support, you know, to know that, I mean, we're in this thing together. Like, I know the life you live. I know what, what's going on behind closed doors. I know what's going on in the community. Like, I get it. I live your life, too. Like, we're in this thing together. Right. Um, but it's like anything, man. It, you know, me, you know, yeah, I can travel fast by myself, but I can travel far with all the right people. Right. You know, the old saying there. You, sure. You know, and uh, of course, with change, there's a standard. There's a standard for kids. There's a standard for our school. There's a standard for our coaches that has to be met. Yeah. Because you can't talk about being the best and wanting to be the best, but you're not willing to pay the price to be that person. But, uh, you know, we're going to ask everybody to to elevate their standard because uh, together we can make Denim Spring special. You're not going to do that, stuck in your old ways. It's true. Well, uh,
0: one interesting thing about coming to Denham, and I know there's a little bit of this alive oak, but there's a lot of there are a lot of people. Uh, I guess you could say third parties involved in in the program. Uh, you know, Denham Springs Athletic Association, individual businesses, those sorts of things. One of the things that that happened during your transition was that the news got out a little early before you could get in touch with everybody. Uh, One of the things that uh, we have talked about is sort of your perspective on on how that that happened. I'd like for
1: you to walk us through that just real quick. Yeah, you know, it it really is a, uh, you know, I'll wear it at the end of the day. I mean, I got hammered pretty good for it. But, uh, you know, as you close one door, Mm -hmm. there's other doors open. So as a, as you're closing this door and you're backing out of it and you're making sure everybody and everything is set up in that door before you ease out the back of it, well this door is open and there's a lot of energy and a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. With a change, there's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I can see both sides of this. You know, with a change, there's a lot of questions. I mean, people's livelihood. You know, some of these people don't know me coming in could cause them to have to go look at other jobs or have to go find other jobs, gonna take care of their family. I mean, there is some uncomfortable in change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got a lot of people that are eager for, for something new and, and excited for something new. Um, you know, it was unfortunate the way it happened, but it happened. Uh, you know, we had kids taking tests that morning. So, you know, I could have easily met with them that morning and wanted to, and we felt like that was the best option. But then you have kids taking tests Mm-hmm. Well, now you're about to drop a bomb on them with a change that's coming with their head football coach, which I'd like to think they love. Well, these kids have to take tests, and they're focused on that kind of stuff. So we decided to wait. Well, down the road, there's an excitement. There's the word getting out there. You know, you can't help people talking about change and wanting change. I mean, it just and it got out. Right. Well, well, it got out before we wanted it to. And, and you know, and because of it, you know, people can pit one school up against the other school, one community against another. You know, I guess that comes with the fact that it's only seven miles apart. And, you know, I, I'd i like to think uh, a lot of people are really unhappy because I did a really good job and I love their kids and, and tried to be a positive mm-hmm. part of the community and the school and not just football players, but everybody. Um, It, it, was, an, it was unfortunate the way it happened. You, you know, I, I wish I... I was by no means scared to face our kids or face our people. I started going through the the right channels the minute the sun came up that morning and giving my respects to the people that gave me that opportunity and Miss Jones and our admin and, um, you know, even our school board member was a little unhappy with me because she heard it before I could get to the phone and call her. Uh, but I was trying. I, the people that were important, I wanted to get to. We wanted to meet with the kids that morning, but they, had t- they were taking tests. Right. You know, and then, of course, you know, know, when I come down and accept a job and I'm on a campus and, you know, know, kids from Denham, I guess, were snapping a shot of me with a Denham Springs hat on and sending it to our kids back at Live Oak saying, we got your coach, you know, and it just got out.
0: Yeah.
1: we can blame whoever, it was going to get out eventually anyway, you know, it just got wrapped up in being off because I wanted to tell my kids first too, but. And we tried. We just didn't want to interfere with their schoolwork. I mean, I, which I think is a very legit reason why we hold off student athletes. Uh, I mean, students I, you know, first. people aren't going to understand that. And look, I wasn't happy about it either, but I'm not unhappy about it. I mean, you know, it's, it's it happens. You know, it's not. We don't. We're not. We didn't go to the dial phone anymore and <laughs> call down the street or have to go through an operator connect me to so. It's not like that anymore. I mean, you <laughs> breathe. You go – use the bathroom and everybody's going to know about it now i mean it's just we right. live in a different world i mean it, and you know it's the positives and the negatives to that world we live in is that that was that's the kind of stuff that happens uh, i wasn't scared to face our kids i love my kids and they know i love them at the end of the day i hurt them and that bothers me but i love them and they know that that's what's important to me you know how some People reacted to the news getting out before we wanted it to. There's no right or wrong way to be pissed off or grieved when it comes to, you know, losing a big part of your school and, uh, you know, kind of being blindsided by some news. Like, there's no right. You know, I can't. You can't tell them that. Oh, it's wrong for them to be upset over that. It just happens that way. Right. You know, as you close one door, another one opens and. We just got I got caught in the middle of it and I got hammered pretty good for it and luckily I got enough butt to go around for everybody. <laughs>
0: and as you said, you, your wife took it a little harder than you did. Yeah, you, you know,
1: because sometimes people want to turn everything into personal. Like you, you know, it's it's business. You know, personally, I freaking loved these kids. I love Live Oak. I love Miss Jones. I, I love Watson. That's personal. Mm-hmm. professional business. I took another job. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, if you move from Linda's chicken and Watson over to Popeye's, I'm not going to go to Popeye's and find out why you left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hats off to you. You got a job that you think betters you, better you and your growth and takes care of your family. You know, hats off to you. I'm not going to question that. Right. And I don't know why you left Oak Point and went to Walmart. Don't need to know. You did it for a reason. Right, I'm gonna support that.
0: <laughs> I I like those I like those comparisons. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, so we're talking about the core values that you brought up. You're you're bringing a lot of intensity, a lot of fire, which is what what probably got the Didum folks psyched up to begin with. You know, uh, tell us one more time what those
1: core values yeah. are, then we're gonna let William wrap it on up. You know, you know first off, I'm a man of faith. I, hope I, I can say that. I'm fine saying it. If it rubs the wrong way, it rubs the wrong way. Um, I don't throw rocks at glass houses. I've made many mistakes in this life and in this world. Still do. But I tell you, I try every day to be a man of character. Um, put my head down. I love to work. I love the competition. I had to remind somebody the other day the same things that are being told to me about denim right now were being told to me about Live Oak when I left Woodlawn. Um, and I love the fact that, you know what, in life, you're never going to be able to do it by yourself. So you better learn how to love. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, through the time, our core values have evolved and changed and and they just keep coming back to what I think is the core, Mm -hmm. uh, the core of what we need in, in, in this this world today, you know, to, to even get through all the things we deal with in this world today, character, work ethic, um, a willingness to compete. A willingness to fight and want to compete. Right. A desire to get into the fight and want to be the best you can be. Um, and then contributing to the bond of brotherly love, because at the end of the day, we're not going to be, our successes are not going to be because of one person. Uh, Donald Trump didn't get to where he was by himself. Bill Gates didn't get to where he was because of, uh, by himself. Uh, Hillary Clinton didn't get to where she is by herself. right? If you look at all the people in this world that are successful, LeBron James did not get there by himself. You know, you've got to learn how to to love. You got to learn how to trust, and you got to learn how to work. And I think if you can pick up those those core values and instill them in your world and in your life, no matter how up the ups are and how down the downs are, you can still be a person that that ends, finds success and finds you finds what you want in life and your niche in life and it is our job to equip these these young minds with those core values. Right. And it just so happens a man built that way usually can play some pretty good football.
0: Huh? Yeah. <laughs> football players don't win games. Men do. Yes. As you said, you're building kids, you know, talking about that, that statement you made earlier, which is an old saying, and it's a good one. You can, I can go there fast, but I can go far uh, with a team right. or with a group together. So. William, please, if you would, well, let's wrap it up, uh, you know, talking about... Are you about, still awake? Over there? I'm wearing, yeah. no. <laughs> You're too intense for him to fall so should... asleep. <laughs> I was about to knock this thing
1: out of the way and wake you up. <laughs> no, I'm,
2: I'm here.
0: Talking about, uh, you know, let's we're wrapping it up here with the, the, the record that he's leaving at Live Oak and sort of, a I, I guess you could say, a legacy. Lifting it up to a new tier and, uh, you know, some of the things that he'll be he'll be going into, going into Denim Springs.
2: Well, I think he lived up to his father's words. He left it better than, he, than he, when he got there. And I'm talking about collectively, you know, the, mm-hmm. the football program, the athletic program, it's, it's, there's, so, there's, there's so much that looked at a different light. Mm-hmm. And it started, it started, you know, five years ago and, you know, the, 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 it continued to add on to it. Um, but I he also, you know, I was thinking there's the, the opportunity presented itself when, if he ever wanted to leave, you know he could have chosen a lot of different positions and not put himself in a lot this you know obviously the line of fires this november 22nd has been you know quite interesting he could have taken he took this route mm-hmm. which says a lot about him as a competitor that he thought this was the, the the job he needed to take at this time and he's ready to hopefully you know you know make it competitive because four or five a you can argue where if general springs isn't a pecking order right now he's got some work to do and he knows it but he's, he's willing to jump to dive into but I was wondering, from an emotional standpoint, you've you've left jobs before, but how how difficult this transition has been compared to you know other
1: position you know, of Bowling Green and and industrial. You know, I don't think any comparison where you, it's, it's like I said. I mean, you know, it it was not easy. Oh man, like you know, I come across as this hard nosed, gruff, he's fiery, he's intense. Uh, you know he probably says stuff he's not supposed to say, uh, you know, I'll, I hear him say this. I probably come across and it in a different light than I really am uh, until you get to know me. Well, those kids know I love them. It hurt me to look them in the eyes. Miss Jones, I would not be here today without the opportunity she gave me and to see the hurt in her eyes. Like I let, I hurt these people. I let these people down, people that I love and I trust and Um, you know, part of why I got up every morning to pour my heart and soul into Live Oak, I'd like, you know, I wanted Miss Jones to be taken care of from the standpoint of my job was to take care of her, of her athletics for our high school and for our community. And I, I took pride in that and and I know change is good and I, but I know change is difficult. Um, and, and it bothers me and it hurt me not only to, to hurt a lot of these people that I'm so dear and and close to that I, that I love and, and coach shake and, and Gary Jones and our admin, Miss Stacey Robinson, to the to the faculty, to uh, you, you know our janitorial staff. I mean, there, there's not a person on that campus that doesn't know me that I don't love that I haven't tried to give to, uh, in a community that I that I love dearly. You know that bothered me. And then on top of it, I can handle all the stuff said about me because that's going to happen. But then I see my wife, who you know you're trying to pump up for the change and for the challenge. Here she is reading all this stuff, and then she, you know, it, it bothers her, and it was eating her alive, and, you know, you know, I don't really care what people have to say about me, because every night I lay down, I know I've given my everything, and, I've, and I have and I love these kids. You know, people aren't always going to agree with everything I do, and you know what, if they are, I'm probably not very good at the job I'm doing, realistically, so I'm okay with opinions and the negativity, but when I start to see the hurt that I gave people, and then I start to see the hurt in my wife's eyes because of the, the, the nonsense she's having to read about her husband, that half of the crap wasn't even true. It's just some people running their mouth. Y- y- you know, Live Oak is better than it's ever been. Uh, you know, sometimes you forget just to step back and, you know, thank people for everything that's been done. And I want to thank everybody that had a hand in this process that got Live Oak to where it's at. Because even some of the parents that wanted to say some of the things about me, I appreciate because they were a part of this process. Uh, it wasn't easy. It would have never been easy whether I was leaving here to go to a college football program or what are uh, arguably what everybody thinks is a better program than Denham. You know, I know I hurt these people. It wasn't easy. I love you and I apologize. Uh, And all I can do now is look to make you proud and continue to do what I do and and grow the next program and make those, uh, those kids proud and, and teach them how to love and work and Uh, Hopefully, what I've instilled at Live will will continue. You kind
2: of care to project your feelings in about 10 and a half months when you got to go to Watson and play a game?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, that's going to be an interesting week. Um, Yeah, should be. Yeah, I think somebody said it best on social media. Well, that that rivalry just picked up a notch. It did. I mean, you know, you can go back uh, to when
0: when y'all won that game here. I mean, it, it, it ratcheted up a notch. So here you are taking, um, I guess you could say, bringing little brother to the table, making him a brother, and now you're going to be the other brother. So what an interesting turn of events over the past few years. you know,
1: big brother's gotta hit back, just like you taught little brother to hit back, and big brother can't just sit back and, oh, because he's little, get hit and be okay with
0: it. Well, it's kind of like you said, I'm putting you in a fight. What are you gonna do? So now now you're pulling it down here. So uh, yeah, great question. Because
1: that, that is going to be, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah, uh, you know, I wish it was my home game because they're going to make a lot of money that night.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, uh, you got anything else? How do you look in purple? You know, I've been in purple before. That's like what with Long. Much, yeah, right? You know, I, like, quick story. So I speak at, um, in, in Livingston, at Dole and then the Little League banquet. And I'm sitting there, you know, and they're kind of fiddling with the sound, trying to get it right. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, We want to introduce to you the new uh, Denham Springs High head football coach. I'm looking, going, Oh, Denham Springs. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, it's still, you know, I got introduced as the Denham Springs AD and head football coach last night. You know, it, it is different. Um, it's different. I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. And I. I, I I think I look good in purple. <laughs> I'll let you be the judge of that. I mean, depending on what angles he gets from right. the camera, you know, uh, well, I could look bad in purple. <laughs> you could look good. You could, and look, I could amazing. look really good in Who purple. Who knows?
0: Uh, it, a lot of it, I think, depends on on how y'all are doing on any given day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Brett, thank you for joining yeah. us. We do appreciate it, and we appreciate both the conversation about you know how to live a life and yeah. also how to how to do your job.
1: Well, before we go, I, I love Watson i love live oak high school Uh, i think you can honestly i love every kid that's a part of that school Uh, i I especially love my kids in the football program and the athletes up there my coaches up there uh it wasn't easy it does hurt me that i've hurt and let down some people but i think that's a testament to what we've done there and uh i want to go on the record of saying thank you and uh i'm excited to, to do the same thing at Denham springs so
0: and we know that you you have excitement, and you've brought some excitement down here. So, once again, Mr. Brett Beard, who is the former coach of the Live Oak Eagles, now the coach of the Denham Springs High School Yellow Jackets, he is on the viewer's left. Mr. William Weathers, our sports editor, on the viewer's right. We appreciate you tossing in. Uh, one last time, the record. What, what you announced at the beginning, the record at Live Oak and thirty one
2: twenty seven and, 31, 31, and uh, five playoff appearances. Uh, Also a quarterfinals appearance. appearance.
0: That really isn't that good if you think about it. Well, everything's relative. uh, These are relative things, (laughs) but hey, one more time. And we do appreciate uh, you folks for joining us. Thanks for listening or watching if you watch. Thanks for that. I'm sure a lot more of you have been listening. I don't know how many people will just sit here and watch a bunch of folks talk, but. I've been proven wrong before. Uh, one last time, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you joining us for the Livingston Parish Weekly. Uh, thanks again for listening. And we do upload these, by the way. If you're listening on these uh, podcast platforms, we upload these to our website as well, wwwlivingstonparishnewscom backslash podcast. They're free uh, audio and video versions available for your consumption. Thank you one more time, sir, for being on. Thank you, Mr. Weathers. No, no also for being on. Right. Appreciate you joining us and thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next time.